Welcome to About That Life Podcast. I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And we're here to talk AAU basketball, life, and everything in between. Once again, I want to thank those who've been following, who've been supporting, who've been uh, showing love to the podcast, whether it be on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, what whatever you whatever you listen to or watch us on. Um, we've been noticing, uh, we've been seeing it, and we're going to keep telling you all the time how thankful for we are if you're new to this if you're new to the channel if you're new to listening uh please go ahead hit that follow button uh you know hit the smash destroy incinerate annihilate the like the subscribe button it helps us out a lot uh one small click for you is a big help to us so we really appreciate that uh we're on episode 17 hey 17 yes, sir. Yes, sir. i don't know why i was trying to think of a nba player with the number 17 17 i can't think andrew bynum I think oh, okay. I that. I think he did that. Jeremy Lin. Ty, can you fact check me? I could be. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Yeah, us. he did. Right. 17. So, I, don't know. I try to just. I don't know why. I, was, I guess I'm trying to be clever. <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> thought of that. Um, but no, we're we're pushing out these episodes. Keep trying to give you guys good content. Um, let's get right to it. I, I'm definitely am really excited to talk about our guests. Uh, it is still just of January, as you guys have been following enough. Yeah, Coach, we pretty much said we're going to call this just of January because <laughs> we progressively went through Tet and then Meg, and now we're here with you. So, you know, uh, we're, we're definitely looking forward to you. And then, you know, quite honestly, I've been researching you since, you know, I researched my guest period, but once I uh, really started diving more into your background and stuff, man, I'm really impressed with what you do, so I'm really excited just as a coach to talk to you coach to coach and pick your brain about things. So I um, definitely look um, happy you're here. <laughs> if I, if I want to, if I didn't re reiterate that enough, <laughs> I appreciate being here. Man. <laughs> no problem. Um, uh, so uh, we'll get to his itinerary and who he is and what he's done. Uh, I, I definitely think this will be a great episode for a lot of the parents and the kids that listen to me to hear, because they definitely need to hear from a coach's perspective. Um, and, and really get that insight. And I know Mark always yep. likes picking the brains of coaches mm -hmm. and stuff because he, he leans more on the trainer side, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, for me, um, I always lear love learning from other coaches. Uh, uh, for you guys listening, because, again, some of you don't know who the hell I'm talking to right now. <laughs> um, this is uh, Coach Hernando Pl Planels, right? Yep, I said it right. right? No, okay. you got it right. Okay, okay. perfect. Right. I wanted to make sure. First time I got it right. <laughs> Nando Planels, uh, let me get his background for you guys so you know who he is and, and where he comes from in this game of basketball. Um, well, he is right now currently the uh, women's uh, head coach at William Jessup, right? Hence the Jessup January thing. <laughs> his background as far as coaching is um, he ch well, recently served as, as associate head coach for the women's basketball program. Uh, you might have heard of it, Duke University. They're pretty good. <laughs> Um, I think a few people know about that college, right, Mark? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. so uh, he he has the D one pedigree. In case people are like, "Oh, he don't know what he's talking." About. Well, he he does a little bit. I'm assuming. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure if he didn't know his stuff, they would have fired you uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, um, it said uh, also says you're assistant coach from 2013 to 2016. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right, and then got that promotion, which is again congratulations and all. Uh, that's got to be an amazing thing to hear about which we'll get more into um what's it say a uh, feature a duke featured a top five ranked recruiting class in each season wow nice. hey, when he was with the program great job um and also moving progressing from there a little further back says head coach of wyoming golden eagles of the all-american professional basketball in 2005 yeah yeah another minor league that went 
down the drain. Uh, yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I play in the ABA, trust oh, yeah. me. Yeah. I coach in the ABA too, yeah. so I know. Man. I know. <laughs> trust me, I know how that is. Um, and then an NBA scout from 2005 to 2010. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely got to talk about that more too. Um, tw- 2010, says so named associate head coach for Maine Red Claws. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I've heard of that team. Yeah, I remember that. Um, let's see. Oh, well, and we're going to get to that more in the show. But the man is, uh, I, I just want to say, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth in terms of, again, just learning learn, learning more about you. You know, uh, he, you have your own podcast. You're you, you just an author, right? Congratulations yeah, yeah, on that. Right, you yes, wrote a book. Right. I just wanted to put that in my Instagram right. bio. <laughs> author. No, I mean, that's the man. That's Again, dope. like, you know, obviously coaching – you've coached for years and I'm sure you've coached a bunch of different levels. Um, but, and then, uh, coaching college in itself mm-hmm. is, man, I, I'm a JV high school coach and a AU guy and that's enough. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't, you know, your shoes. So it's like, I, I mean, I, my friends know, and Mark knows and Ty know, and we joke about it. Like I'm working hard all the time and, and try to keep myself motivated. I just feel like you're cut from that same cloth. So I think that'll be really cool to delve into more and more. Um, also says a uh, business owner operates uh, be contagious leadership. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a great name for this time of year with being with the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I have a be contagious T-shirt I wear all the time <laughs> oh, to the supermarket and people. No, I'm pretty sure they stare at you yeah. some kind of way. That's I'm like, funny. respect my body, look at my face. <laughs> Stop looking at my T-shirt. I love that. Love that. Well, without further ado. Thank you for being on the show. Yep, we do it all. <laughs> I love this. A little clapping. I love it. Welcome, noise. welcome. Um, let's get right into it. I want to ask you my first question. Um, and, and like I told you prior to this, it's going to be kind of a general question, yeah, but yeah. I love everybody's answers, right? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, just your experience in basketball in general prior to the coaching, like, you know, kind of what made you fall in love with it, Um you know, you don't have to give me the detail every single step, but you right, know, right. You, uh, did, uh, if you played AAU, kind of what was your AAU teams, uh, if not one team, right? You know, um, my team was Oakland Rebels. So, you know, it's just that transition and journey from, you know, high school, high school player, college player, and um, co- uh, college coach, you know right. what I mean? Just tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up in L.A., I my mom sent me to an all boys high school because she she was like you're not gonna go to a co-ed school because you're not gonna focus. I was like, (laughs) all right, Um, did that. You know, I I always talk about my playing career. I was one of those guys that I think up until I was like maybe 25, Mm -hmm. I I was like, no, I was really good. Okay. And then after like 25, 26, I was like, no, I I was sorry. Like, you know, it comes a point like, no, you're just not that good. Um, But high school, you know, we 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 had a great high school team. We had six guys over six foot six. So I just threw the ball inside and I just ran the other way as those guys scored. That's an easy job. Um, Went junior college because I wasn't very good in school, and then I. I, I just I played for about a year. When I say played, mm-hmm. literally just on the bench. I love the white towel. I just <laughs> wave it all the time um, with everything else. And and really, I just I, you know after a while, you're just like I, I just don't want to play anymore. Of course, yep. you know. And then then you know you you discover full time work and you do all these different things. Mm-hmm. So then it work out. And then fast forward a few years later, I was a high school coach. 
Um, and I honestly wanted to get into coaching because I love telling people what to do. Right. So <laughs> well, I get to dress up and tell people what right, to do. Right. This, is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I like that. You I know? like that you're being that honest. Because <laughs> most coaches would say the political answer, oh, I just, that's the love of the game. No, right? no, no. I don't I like going to restaurants, drawing plays on <laughs> napkins. Oh, I don't like any of that stuff. I, I wanted to do that. So I, I got into high school um, coaching and then um, ended up having uh, my son was born. And that kind of change change everything of because I, I had to choose a path right mm -hmm. i think um the what society tells us and this sort of responsibility thing that we've been put on is that you know when you have a kid um you drop everything and mm -hmm. you get a full-time work mm -hmm. and i was like you know if if i want my kid to excel at something i've i'm gonna be the example mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so i've got to figure out what to do um, so I said, I'm just going to stay involved with sports. I don't nice. care basketball, whatever else it is, I'm going to do it. So I, I did, I did training. I, I, but then I had to make money. So I was a mortgage, right, lend, right, you know, right. lend, not a lender, but I don't know. I swindled people in getting <laughs> loans. Um, you know, so I, I, I did that. And then I, I just jumped into like different things. I coached at a junior college, um, got involved with some semi, you know, professional stuff. And then in between staying in sports, I, I ended up, uh, I went on a, an audition for a TV show called Slam Ball, which was like full contact basketball and trampolines. Oh right. yeah, I, yeah! I wanted to talk. Yeah, well, yeah. I wanted them. I wanted them, you to say what? it because he texted me that, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit!" Because I used to watch Slam yeah. Ball, bro. Like, yeah, so, God, the kids have no me idea too. what we're talking about yeah, right no. now. But I used to watch it. That I wanted y'all to hear yeah. that to yeah. see how they reacted. But yes, that's hella cool, bro. Because <laughs> I used wild. to watch that. It bro. was so I, I I did Slam Ball, and you know, of course, you know, coaching a sport that. No one has ever played before. So you're telling these dudes to go hard, like jump. Like I never grew up in a, in jumping on a trampoline yeah. anyways. Yeah. Like I grew up in the city. There's no trampolines yeah. anywhere. There's no yards. So That's crazy. I did that, but then you end up meeting people and I ended up uh, meeting a guy named Mark Ellis who does sports choreography on football movies. And there was a, he was doing a basketball movie. He called me and said, Hey, I need a basketball guy. Love for you to come out and help and see, see what it is. So the first, the movie ended up being coach Carter. Very hey. cool. So the job was to, you know, train the actors, make them look real, which is really hard, actually. <laughs> um, you take the script. You got to go ahead and, and do that. And, and then you just choreograph the action. You try to make it look real. look real. So I would do that and coach. Like, I'd go back and forth because mm -hmm. movie stuff. I ended up doing, like, 12 or 13 movies. Actually, wow. before I came, I took the job at Jessup. I took a year off. I was working on a TV show in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. Um, so just So there was that. And then I did all these minor leagues and just doing it, just going. I went to go coach overseas. I coached in Japan, the Philippines. Um, I ended up coaching in the NBG League with the Celtics uh, team, the the main Red Claws. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all this on the same line that my daughter was born. So now my my kids. Now I got a twenty year old. He's a student athlete at University of Utah. He's a swimmer. Nice. My daughter's seventeen, a high school senior, and wow. it's it's really doing all that. And then I never finished my college degree until I was thirty five. So I, I I moved to North Carolina because that's when I was scouting with mm -hmm. the NBA. Marty Blake, who was director of scouting with the NBA. And again, it sounds glamorous. <laughs> it, it wasn't. No, it's a grind. Yeah. I, I can imagine. It, it, it was <laughs> it's got to be a grind. <laughs> but I would do different camps. And then um, um, I'd always do uh, Coach K's, the men's camp, and Coach P, my, my former boss at Duke, her camp. And one day I was doing her camp. I was selling her books. She goes, hey, I've got a great low-paying, non-coaching job on my staff. All right, so I've, I've got two kids. I'm 35 at the time. They call me and said, hey, are you done with your degree? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, done. Yeah. 
I said, do I have to be? And this is their answer. Their answer was like, well, this is Duke. I'm like, all right, everybody. Calm down. All right, right, of course. (laughs) And and then, you know, they said, said, well, they said, how long will you give me to finish before I have to start? They said five weeks. So I had a statistics and a uh, a, a, a speech class. Okay. Speech class, I was able to get my neighbors. I did a speech. And statistics, Western Washington University had to go at your own pace. Finished that. Got the... Got the job, and but I wasn't assistant coach. I was okay. director of relations, so I did social media for mm. six months. But my my boss knew I was coaching, right? And um, I mean, a coaching background. Then six months later, someone left. But during that time, I slept three hours a night because my salary was awful. I had two kids at private school, wow. and I'm so I'm working that. I'm I'm uh, I started a company called Resumes for Coaches, where I wrote. I did portfolios for coaches. Yeah. And then I, I was doing something called Synergy, which a lot of college programs use. They get all the basketball players. So I would I would basically cut up every all these different college games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that. And then my boss called me. I remember where I was. I was at the drive thru at Taco Bell <laughs> ordering seven layer burrito and she called me and she <laughs> said, H um so and so left. I want you to move into the assistant coaching position and go recruiting. Wow. I said and I was silent. She was like, H you're not saying anything. I said, Coach, <laughs> let me tell you something. If we were here right now, I'd take the backseat of my car and make out with you. To be on there. So then I got, got got the job at Duke, and then uh, wow. great time. I mean, was, uh, you know, we had great classes, won an ACC championship. I mean, yeah. like you're at the high level. You're you're you you're, got to witness it. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> you eating there. foods that you yeah. never thought you, you know you eat. You're on like what's a charter plane? Like you're, right? on, wow. you're spoiled. I mean, right. at the end of the day, you're spoiled. Right, right. And then I took a year off last year. Um, I also coached New Zealand junior national team. So I did that. So, you know, people would say that I'm, I'm unstable, which is probably true or <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none, but I, right. I just, just want to get stuff done. Yes. And then Jessup hired me and been on the job for five months. Nice. Uh, it sounds it sound like they need to make a movie for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> they need to make a movie for you, Coach Etch, right. Coach, uh, Coach Hernando. <laughs> now, what, I, what what's not in there is my kids grew up. I got divorced. I moved to like three different places. Like yeah. you know, there's all there's yeah the, the journey, right? You know the the I gave you all the nice parts, yes. right, right, right. But like with anything else, when you bet on yourself, yeah, you know you yeah. are going extreme high or extreme lows, exactly. Yep. And you yep. gotta be ready to to take it, anticipate it, and accept it. Hey, so. You're talking to the right people in this room. Yeah. So. Yeah. me because yeah. um i i have kids and baby mamas yeah <laughs> so and, 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 and mark i know he hears it sometimes yeah. from the missus when uh he yep. he has to work and yeah. train these mm-hmm. kids and yep. so does my man ty over there in right. the camera yeah. so you we are we grinders are, yes yeah. we understand you gotta work but you still got a passion and you're right. gonna go for it but no it, it sounds like uh a lot of things in terms of the stars aligned and some being in the right place, right time kind of yep. worked out. So yeah. congratulations. Well, the other that. part too, I think you got to just have tons of faith. Yeah. yeah. Right. So my mom, you know, she, I always joke around like she's either a Catholic one day or born again Christian the other day. I don't know which one, <laughs> but all I know is that, you no, know, she, she grew up like having my sister and I, uh, like recite Psalm 91, mm-hmm. which basically like, yo, you're protected. Like whatever you do, no matter what, you could step on a snake, whatever, <laughs> like you'll be good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I always had that. Nice. Like, you know, I get ner- I get worried. I right, get like, right. oh man. Yeah. But for some reason, when you just keep, and you guys know this, when you just keep going and going yep. and going, and then you adjust, and then you you take a look at what's going on, and like, oh, I could do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. then you're already doing more than others. And when you mm-hmm. do more than others, then people all of a sudden like want to do what you're doing and jump on board. Wow. And that's that's like the cycle that's that's been happening. 
And I just, man, that's why I started Be Contagious because yeah. like mm-hmm. you got to have this energy every day to bring it. If you right. don't, yeah. then you're just like everybody else. Exactly. You can't preach to be different. Like you yeah. can't preach your athletes, right, to be yeah. different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Your parents can't preach their kids to be different if if they're not going to be different. Yes. Yeah. That's a huge, huge part of it. So that's that's kind of like just been my my grace the whole the whole time I've been going. And it's, well, it's, go it's funny, a little side note, you know, because we were talking before the show, you know what I'm saying? It's funny that you were talking about how your mom isn't because – my mom's like that too. Yeah, like yeah, saying, you know, yeah. like you're half Filipino, I'm half Filipino, and you know, a lot of people don't know. You know, what I'm saying like you said, you were in the Philippines in 2012, and you know, a lot of people know. Like I know you know, Chris. You know, I played in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and it's crazy, which is a small world, knowing that you were out there when I was out there playing. Yeah. You said you were out there 2012. Yeah, yeah. I was out there 2010, 2014, and some of the things, like you said, like everything that you're saying is just resonating to me because you know the grinding, and you know. Oh, yeah. how it is out there oh, you know yeah. in the philippines <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so you saying all that and in, in, in your background like of course it's, it's definitely motivating and, and to see you where you're at you know and you're still going you know what i'm saying it definitely motivates me you know and what i'm trying to do the the craft that i'm trying to master and and seeing and listening to you you know i mean like, okay i gotta keep going yeah keep going. <laughs> that's it so, that's pretty dope i um well then what brought you to Jessup? I mean, that's the biggest thing because I'm pretty sure you hear that all the time, all the time. Because right. I really do look at someone in your situation, and and I'm sure you had a, quite a few options or people you could have called or networks you could have grabbed or you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what what brought you to Jessup? You know, uh, and obviously that community and being in this community, right? Because Rockland is very different than right. a lot of other places. You know, um, but it seems like your your network, your life is giving you some good options. So what what made you want to narrow it down here? Yeah, you know, it was one of those things when I took the year off, I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to coach anymore. Um, the other part, what I knew what I didn't want to be is I didn't want to be an assistant coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had gone through, I think, nine or ten head coaching uh, interviews. Didn't get them. You know, it's depending on what it is, what mm-hmm. they're looking for. And then the Jessup job was open, and I knew about Jessup a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if I wanted to move back to California either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with COVID stuff, everything happening. So I, I went ahead and submitted all my stuff. And I just submitted my stuff really late because I just I was like, ah, right. all right, fine. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, you know, our AD coach Lance called me and it was like a four week process and did the interview and everything else. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because everyone was like, you know, you came from Duke. What's funny is when I tell people I used to be a Duke. <laughs> right. They're like, Duke. Like the Duke, <laughs> I'm like yo, how many Dukes do you right, know? Right. <laughs> you know, because I mean, let's be honest. When I get on a plane, I don't look like a basketball coach. Right? I look like you know, when I when you travel on the road at Duke, you gotta wear all the Duke right, gear. So right, I look right, like right. the world's biggest Duke fan. <laughs> <laughs> they, all the time, they'd look at me and you know they'd be like, "Oh man, you guys did really well last night." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I, we did, and it was great." And then they'd I'd be watching video on the plane, and they'd be like, "Oh, oh, you you coach?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I yeah. coach." Oh, like. Junior high? <laughs> no, I, yeah, uh, no, yeah. I don't. I don't. Like, oh, where, like where? Oh, this, it's a small private school in Durham, North Carolina. Right, right. They're like, oh, yeah, which one? I said, Duke. Oh, Duke. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the Duke, Duke. Yeah, yeah man. That, that Duke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why am I wearing all this stuff? Anyways, <laughs> I went off on a tangent there. No, I but, can see that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can see that. But they, but then, you know, they, they, they hired me and um, I made the, the choice to come. It's, you know, you, it's hard to get a head coaching job. Um, and it's, it's when you're an assistant coach, like you can go to sleep at night, like you're not the one with the main responsibility. True. 
right? So, so as you know, I, I want to do. I've been a high, I've been a head coach a long time ago. I haven't been a college head coach. I said, all right, let's let's roll the dice. Let's see see what I can do. Um, and just I drove out here, dropped my son. I was driving, dropped my son. He at the time he's going to University of Iowa. He's transferred because Iowa cut swimming out of their program. So okay. I dropped him off at Iowa and drove all the way out wow. here to to Rockland. Uh, and then uh, I got here. I'd never met Meg or Tet before. I talked to him on the phone. I got here at Friday, like around 6 p.m., mm-hmm. got up the next morning, met them at 8 o'clock at Jessup, and at 10 o'clock in the morning, I was out recruiting Wow! Uh, the next day uh, at a gym that I shouldn't disclose that they were open during COVID times. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, you know, so, no, yeah. And, and it's been great. It's been a great school. The, the the ladies have been amazing. I always tell them, I think Ted said on the, on, uh when he was on, it's mm. like there's no difference between Jessup and Duke. All right, of it is right. ESPN. Yes, that, that's he it. Did say that, yep. Um, and Southwest Airlines in a charter. Right, right, right. That's, right, of that's course, about of it. Right, but but that's it. You but know, it's still so. a 94 feet court. That's right. right. Still two rims yeah. as far as I know. Like yeah. you know, yeah. what I mean, it's you're still motivating right. them. You're still right. trying to get them going to a higher level, and and it's been it's been great. They've been really supportive with everything else that I do as well too. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. How well? That's what I was going to just say. How's that experience been? You know you this this is you're the man i mean you're the you know being the head coach so far uh was gonna say your experience like the jessup i guess you would call it front office right the ad the staff yeah. just uh, how has that been going for you it's been okay yeah it's been good stressful i've gained eight pounds <laughs> since i've been here and i don't know what i've been eating um, but i'm like man my pants are tight what's going on um so you know I, I think it's 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 been good i'm i'm not, by nature i'm not super organized okay um, I'm really just like, oh, we good can do this, this, have, this, I, I, I want to say good thing you have Ted on your staff. Yeah. Because he is. Yeah. Really, he, me and we're college roommates. So right. That's okay. How okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I've known him and we're like really opposite if you yeah. couldn't tell. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I, I'm, it's a good thing you have him on your yeah, staff. Yeah. No, he'll do that. Ted and Meg are, are great with, with that stuff. Yeah. And I'm really a feel person. Mm-hmm. So even, I mean, even at Jessup, like we did not install our whole offense until December because I want to see what they naturally can do. Okay. Because I'm not, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. What do you do? Well, great. All right. Well, let's, let's enhance it. Let's, right, let's right, move right. it. So it's the same thing with, with our practices. I, I, I write it on a piece of paper. I fold it on one end. They get a copy. Um, if I remember to get them a copy. But it's been, we, your question was what? So oh, no, man, no, I just no, I know. <laughs> it's fine. What you know, is going on? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You just traveled your trip. No, just uh, just how the experience has been oh, all the way overall. That's it, all, you know, just so far. It's it, it, It's been the best experience I've had in coaching. Good. Wow. You know, I, I think some of it is when, when you are your own boss, you know, in many ways, and you have good people around you, and you have players who want to, to get better. Um, then you're able to go ahead and, and, and really grow something and expand something. Um, like I'm, I'm huge on the leadership piece. I'm huge on connection and and communicating. Um, and what I love is the science of the mind, like the psychology of the mind. How do players go ahead and really become really, really good. Mm. Right. And it's, it's, it's a lot of different things. And it's just like regular people, right? For us, we all have triggers in our lives and our triggers come from what our parents have said, maybe a partner. And it's the same thing with our players. Yes. Like, what is triggering that? If I get on a player, if she is not happy, is she unhappy because of my message or because I triggered something that maybe it was her dad had yelled at her, a coach yelled? Like, what, what is it? I love that part of it. And then solving it. Um, but it, it's been, they, they've been super supportive. We wanted a huge 2,500-mile road trip mm-hmm. um, to play all these D1s. Yeah, we talked about that on Tetro. Yeah, yeah that was We'll play really any cool. – I tell you, we play anywhere. We'll play them anywhere. 
Right. Uh, I called Arizona. I called Stanford. I always tell them that they're trying to hide from us. I know they're not, <laughs> um, but I just like do like saying right, right, saying right. that. But it gives it gives an opportunity. We're gonna play a bunch of D ones, um, and we're gonna have different tournaments. We're gonna do different things to get people more on campus. It's a great campus. Yeah. It um, is. And and we're gonna win. Okay. I, you know. Great job, coach. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> great job. No. Uh, well, the, yeah. No. Congratulations. Well, I was. Uh, I know you went one and one, but still winning on the road, you know, is tough period. So oh, just yeah. this past trip, uh, at least getting uh, that win um, while you guys were out. And, and definitely, I just want to give you a lot of props for maneuvering through COVID-19 because talking to Tet, you know, he kind of broke it down how you guys have been doing it. And, you know, Tet's like, hey, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I get to travel and, you know, have fun with it. But, you know, you're pretty much the brains of the operations and trying to make it all happen. So definitely congratulations for doing that. Cause unfortunately with COVID, you know, there's just yeah. not a lot of basketball mm-hmm. all over the place. And, it, and it's tough because uh, me, me and Mark talk about it a lot. And especially on the show, you know, we, we see it at this level affecting more than anybody because we deal with the, the grassroots level, right? right. The kids, mm-hmm. we deal with the, you know, you, you see YBA, you know, all the kids we have in here, like we, I see it hurt them, you know what I mean? And of course it's not like they're going to bed crying every night, you know, they're, they're crying to their Xbox or their PlayStation. I right. mean, but still when they do that for like, you know, two months, you can see it really bothers them. You know what yeah. I mean? For two, three months straight to be told you can't do nothing. You can't go out. He's, I think Mark's done an incredible job of um, maneuvering it as a trainer. You know what I mean? He's He's got his kids at the park. I see your videos. They got gloves and shit on. And yeah, man, we be out videos. there at 6 a.m. Yeah. It's, 6 a.m. <laughs> you got to do it. Right. Yeah. You, you got And I think one of the things, too, we've talked to other coaches. They've had a bunch of shutdowns because of testing. We, we've been very blessed. Like, we haven't had one COVID um, positive test. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we practice early. We're, we're there at 5 a.m., right? Hey. So wow. we get there. We, we, we have practice from 5 to 7 or 7.30. Then they have weights. Then we have player development groups during the course of the day, so they're busy. I mean, the reality is is that our, our young people need to, to be active. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but they also have to – they're also very resilient, mm-hmm. you know, and when when you give them some like, hey, you got to wear your mask or you got to wear your glove – you know they'll they'll do it yes because they want to go ahead and be out there, mm-hmm. um and it's and it's those things and and you just have to it's just like parenting sometimes you just got to trust your kid just a little bit more you may not want to do it I get it <laughs> but you got to trust them just a little bit more so that they can grow yeah. it with it and everything else so we like you said we traveled this week went to Arizona you know think about this like we we got to travel Thursday we travel Thursday night we play Friday at mm-hmm. four then we have a our next game Saturday is less than 24 hours. So we've got to go to dinner. We've got to do film. We've got to make sure they're safe. Yes. You know, and then we got to play another game. Then we got to jump on another plane that everyone's like all freaking out because we're on a plane. Right, right, right. You know, and you just say, Hey, and I think it's a mindset, right? Hey, we're going to do this. You understand what could possibly happen, but let's have sanitizer. Let's, 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 do everything let's you lather can. up. Right, right, right. Do everything you can. I mean, my hands are chapped because I put so much damn, <laughs> especially in Arizona, because Arizona's open. So right, you're like, right. man, don't touch me. Yeah, like, exactly. let me, let me. you're right. You're absolutely right. No, I, I um uh well, I also want to talk more just about everything that you do outside of coaching because, you know, the author, I I listen to your podcast. Um, these guys know and I don't know if you ever seen my social media, but I work at UPS in the middle of fucking yeah. night, right? So that's when I do all my most learning. Right. Because 
quite honestly, it's brainless work. You know, I'm just physically doing what I need to do, but I'm always listening. I'm always learning. So I listen to podcasts. That's even where I came up with kind of the idea mm-hmm. of doing this. You know what I mean? Because I, I listen to uh, uh, Joe Rogan a little bit, yeah. but I really listen to uh, uh, Steven Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes. Okay. You know what I mean? And and I was like, you know what? I can do that. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what I was thinking in my head. We could could easily do that, right? And so I was listening to yours, and I had a couple of um, – couple of them really i really liked uh when you talked to uh, nolan smith oh yeah yeah i, I like that one um uh, it was one lady too erica lambert erica uh, lambert yeah, yep. she was really she was yeah. so just listening to that and just listening to how you were talking and the things you were talking about um you again and i talked about it with meg you seem like and even just talking to you now you seem to have really great energy like you're a good energy guy i'm just curious where does that come from is it just because I would say is the motivation of your kids, but it sounds like your kids are grown now. So, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So you're good there. But I'm just saying, what still keeps you, you know, going? Is it just the passion for the game or just kind of where, yeah. where does that come from for you? You know, I, I, it really comes down to understanding, I think, that you, you yourself it, are a light for others, mm-hmm. right? Like it, before COVID, I would high five the checkout person at the supermarket, <laughs> right? Because, you know, like, first of all, high five is so not threatening right, right handshakes right. too formal hug is like whoa that's right. well, who are you right right high five it's more like oh you know and then you get a smile right i think when you look at life everybody goes through life everybody's looking for a way to be comfortable in life right so once they get comfortable then they become stagnant Very cool. and then they're like all right i'm comfortable i have my life i have this and then their energy goes low because they are comfortable but what if what if it's the other way what if I can go ahead and give energy to other people. Like how can I maybe, I don't want to say it's maybe it's a little egotistical inspire them, but, but maybe it's that one thing that could flip it for them. You know, maybe it's, you know, if you're at a waitress, my, my son does it now too. Every time we go, we go to a restaurant, you gotta learn the waitress's name. Hey, what's your name before anything else? And we call her by her name the whole time. That's nice. Right. It's those little things that, and then what happens is once you keep doing it over and over again, you start understanding your own personal power, right? That's the one end. The other end then is how can I take that personal power and then apply it to myself? So a lot of it is how can I follow the advice that I give to others, right? Like, and it's a struggle. Yeah. If I'm going to give people advice, then how do I follow it? And that right, gives right, right. me the personal power and the responsibility with it. And I think just over time, you just see the impact that you make with people. And I think what I wanted to do is when I was a high school coach and I was an AU coach as well too, like you have an impact to kids. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to grow into adults, but now how can I take the impact with kids and how can I now make the impact uh, at the person at Nordstrom rack or how can I do it at Coles or right, right. how can I do it with parents? All those things where now they become your fans, right? So I, I read this book, something about fans like, Oh, how, you got raving fans. Okay. Like, and that's how you get people to start following you and what you do, because they have to be a fan of you. Your message could be great, but, but what is the hook? So the hook is energy. The hook is laughing. Like we do, I do pictures with my kids. I'm like, oh, we have to have a fake laughing photo session, (laughs) right? Because when you have like a fake laugh, right? Like there's energy in that and people love pictures. So we're always doing fake laugh. I have to teach my son how to fake laugh. (laughs) You know, you got to lean forward and laugh right, forward, right, right. you know, but imagine like when someone sees that, they're like, yo, I, I yeah. want that energy. Right. I, I want to be a part of that. Okay. And that's really where, where, where it comes from. Right. 
you know, because the world is already a, a mess, yeah. you know, so why dwell on it? Like, I don't watch the news. Yeah. The only news I get is on Twitter. People think I'm crazy, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch that. I'm, you know, I'll like the things that I want, but I get to control my life. And again, it goes back. How do I want my kids? My dad was 50 when I was born. So he was already a guy who didn't talk. <laughs> right? He was 50. He loved his 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 glass of whiskey every day. Right? Didn't he's talk grown, a whole he's lot. Grown man. He's grown. <laughs> you know, but I know that I was like, no, nah, I I, I love my dad, but I want to be yeah. different than that. And that's again, that's a long answer, but no, that's, no, that's that's how I try and try and live. One something that I wanted to ask you just listening to you and, and like just like Chris, you know, like uh, you know, I was looking at your, your 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 IG and everything, and a lot of like what I do. You know, what I'm saying, like I said, you know, I know Chris is coaching, and you're a coach as well. Um, you you were just talking about how trying to inspire people, and I noticed that you're big with the whole mind mi mindset, and mm -hmm. and with what I do with with GGT basketball. You know, our our motto is you know passion, obsession, drive, and a lot of that I use that you know from from my past, you know, of, of, of the struggle and the, and the journey that I went through, you know, playing Juco and AIA going to the Philippines and right, going right. through that grind. And, and I, I carry that on to the players that I train and I coming, coming from you and your opinion, like I believe, right. And this is just how I used to always believe, even without any trainers or mentors is I tell a lot of my kids and I know that everybody's not going to make it. Like I believe like if I train a kid and some of the things that we do, how we train is, go for the top right mm -hmm. some of the kids like everybody always says i always hear coaches that you know you got to be realistic you know everybody's not going to make it to the nba you right. know and right. not everybody's going to go d1 and, and and to me i hate that like you know and i know everybody's different but me personally i'm a type of person where no like fuck that like you know <laughs> if, if you gonna put in the work right if you gonna have the mindset of like all right well i want to play d2 college basketball which is nothing wrong with that i believe well now you're already settling to the point where your work ethic and the and the what, what you're chasing is going to be different compared to maybe you're not a d1 or an nba potential project player but you have that mindset of trying to chase that mm -hmm. that i feel that for me with the players that i work with you know what i'm saying especially coming in the area you know solano county yolo county that is going to start weeding out the players who really are going to try to chase that. And so I've always believed, and that's how I talk to my players and that's what I do on my social media. You know what I'm saying? And is, is I always say, you know, aim for the stars, worst case scenario, you land on the moon just because the mindset is you're, you're, you're working like you're trying to be great regardless of what everybody says, you know, no matter where you're from. So I kind of wanted your opinion from that. It's like, you know, like I said, I'm a personal trainer, but a lot of the stuff like I, I, I read and like, like Chris, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of basketball and everything like that is, is it, do you feel, you know, is, is it all about being realistic or Yes, you should. You should try to exceed your limits and, and everything like because that's that's how I kind of like with GGT basketball. That's what it's about. And I right. know a lot of people, a lot of kids, some of them are kind of looking at me like, oh, OK, damn, I can't train for him because, you know, I'm just trying to make the varsity team. You right, know? Right. And with me, I'm like, nah, like, you know, I have my own personal goals where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make dogs like I'm yeah. trying to get kids out of here to actually make it. So I kind of wanted to, your perspective of, of that, like. Is it too much to think too big or do you have to kind of be like with, with the norm and just, you know, just be, just be realistic? Yeah, no, I, so I think there's a few parts to that, mm -hmm. you know, that we could unwrap. I think the first part is understanding what inspires them. So I like to use the word inspire over motivation because motivation okay. is a feeling, okay. right? And feelings go, come and go. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like working out today. I don't feel like working out today. I don't feel motivated, mm-hmm. right? So then it comes down to what what is really inspiring me. And a lot of that comes from the mindset and 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 where you you look at it. If something is too easy, you won't be inspired. If yeah. something is way too hard, you'll try and then you'll you'll give up. Yeah. But you need that middle point. Yeah. So picture this. Picture like a mountain, right? So anytime we we talk to our players, it's a mountain. We got to get to the top, mm-hmm. right? So most players look at the top and like, wow, that's that's kind of high. Yeah. Parents, they look at the top like, oh, honey, that's too high. I don't want you yeah, going up there. Exactly. Right. So now what you want to do is you take the mountain and flip it. So the mountain top is at the bottom. Okay. And now it's going up. So now basically what you're telling your players, like, listen, so now they're not looking up at the mountain. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is all I have to be is one notch better than this person which is now much more realistic, mm-hmm. right? I, all I got to be is one. This is the best shooter in the country. Mm-hmm. I got to just be, I got to make one more shot. Yeah. Then what happens, that player say, says, you know what? I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. If I put the work in, I can do this. The other part why that's so important is because what happens that kids, athletes today, they are, all, are always comparing. And they're always comparing because mom and dad, you're comparing to, oh, this person got an offer, this person didn't get an offer, and your kids hear it. So they feel that pressure. But now when it's more like, yo, all I got to be is one notch better, I can do it. And then that answers your question. Mm -hmm. Because now now when they got to be one notch better, they're going to go for the the best they could possibly be yeah right but it's just flipping that that mindset yeah with it i would tell i did a um, some talk uh, two years ago i said guys this is how you gotta look at it it's not how great they are the reality is that everybody sucks and you gotta be one notch higher that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're one notch higher than someone who's average yeah, yeah. you're already then, above then average you're above average yeah. right yeah. and you're, I you're like good yeah. i like that I that like is that. very cool very cool uh yeah. Well, like I, well, again, like I said, I, was, I want to pick your brain as a coach now, yeah. right? Really, you know, flip the switch uh, with being the head coach, um, especially with your girls. Um, and I'm glad we kind of, well, I shouldn't say kind of, there's a plan to all this. But no, um, <laughs> just talking about the psychology and mentality mm-hmm. of athletes and getting them to where they want to go. And I was just curious, coach to coach, just talking about those things because, you know, you work with, uh, young women right now, you know, young, young adult women, I work with sixth graders, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's two totally different mentalities, two do- totally different minds. But I believe we both have the same end game, which is we're trying to motivate and we're trying to teach. We're trying to, you know, adjust. And there is an objective. Obviously there's a, there's a, there's a fine. I always talk about the infinite cause I, I, I love the, this, well, he's a, uh, public speaker, philosopher, and author, uh, Simon Sinek. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully I said that right, but I know I said his first name right. Um, but I, I love his uh, book, The Infinite Game. Mm-hmm. I talked about that on a few episodes. Is the infinite versus the finite, right? The finite game is the game itself, right? When my sixth graders walk onto the court um, and play that game, that's the finite because it's, it's two teams, two opposing forces with an agreed-upon set rules and there's a winner and a loser. That's the finite. But the infinite game for me, right, is I'm trying to raise productive, good young men and women. That's the infinite. If they if they go out in life and they're 30-some years old with their own kids and they're telling me about, Coach, the things you taught me helped me to become a great person. They taught me to learn about work ethic, learn about perseverance. Like That's the infinite game for me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious. 
how you apply those things to your girls and assuming you do. And I kind of feel like I get that from you. You do, you know, I, one thing again, like there's certain things we, we say as coaches that even I kind of think adjust needs to be adjusted or amended is like, you know, you don't coach effort, right? Mm-hmm. We don't coach effort or, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to build leaders. Now, again, that seems, it sometimes seems a little too broad for that. You know what I mean? To say, I don't, I, I should never have to coach effort. Okay. You're right. Yes, I'm not saying the coach isn't right when they're saying that, but there's different aspects to it, right? Because right. different things uh, give different players effort. You know what I mean? Like my, my rebounder's effort isn't going to be the same as my point guard's effort, you mm-hmm. know, and I need to keep in mind that they have two different backgrounds. They Their they're, uh, inspiration, right, might come from two different places, you know what I mean? And then also saying, oh, I want all my kids to be leaders. Well, I do, but every kid's not a leader per se. You right. know what I mean? They can lead in other ways. You know what I mean? Just because a kid's quiet doesn't mean that he's passive, doesn't mean that he's a beta, right? It just means that his leadership might come from just physically doing it, you mm-hmm. know, or another one who his leadership might come from being very vocal. I mean, you know what I mean? I just wonder as a head coach, how how are you applying that for you and your program and your players and things like that? Right. I think the first you really hit on an effort piece, which I think is so important because a lot of coaches say that like I shouldn't have to coach effort. Mm -hmm. But I always remind coaches and leaders in general, like your players definition of effort comes from how they are raised. Right. So if mom or dad is saying, hey, I just want you to do your best. Right. What kind of effort level does that look like? Right. And then when you have a mom or dad who is just like, you better run your bass off. That's a different effort level. Right. right. So then it's it's always like gearing your um, your drills in some ways on effort um, and and encouraging mistakes. Right. So I know Ted told you we did this drill. Everyone does it. It's 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 I don't even know what it's. We call it 42 and 2. I don't even know why okay. we call it that, but okay. it's a full court. You have like the team on one side, then you have two people with the ball, and you're running a weave, and then you have three pointers, and then a layup, and you go back and forth. Okay. Right? So the goal is to make like 165 or 170 at the day. Well, it took them an hour and 15 minutes, wow. right? So an hour and 15 minutes, they got to get that. Now, what does that teach them? Well, first, we got to make shots. Yeah. First of all, it's hard. Yeah. And in order to get to that point, there has to be some sort of effort level because it's time for three mm-hmm. minutes to get there. So that's teaching them that. We do another thing where um, we play full court games where you, based on how much time is left on the shot clock, that's your point total. So there's 24 seconds left on the shot clock and you made it. It's 24 to zero. Oh, so now what happens, the game could be like 150 to eight. But no one is ever out because a team with eight points can go ahead and score 24, 24, 24 or whatever. And now they're in it. So that teaches them resiliency, never giving up. That if they go even more effort, then then you're going to conquer that. I'm stealing that drill. No, that's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I like that. No, I'm about to steal that. I like that. And then, and then we do a Maryland shooting drill where there's three spots and it's, it's literally chaos. Ted has, told, has posted on the story where there's basketballs flying everywhere. People yeah, yeah, are cutting everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're teaching them that you got to make the shot. If you don't, you got to go chase you on the rebound. Then you got to have the right effort to get back in line to do it. So it, it's all these things. Now, yeah, I, I get on the team for effort. We got to have better effort. Right. But now it's it's they're they're going hard. But then it's also understanding each player and what is their definition of effort. What is their definition of leadership? You know, all those things. And I and I told Megan when I first got the job, like, you guys are assistant coaches. 
So how can you lead, right? Here's what you have to do. It, you have to be able to change behavior in the middle of a game, in the middle of a workout, you know, to get them going in that direction. If you do not, then you are not being a good leader. Now, that does mean you're going to have to solve it, right? Yeah. But that means you're going to have to, like, you got to inspire change in someone. If you're not inspiring change, then maybe it's not. And for me, I used to record myself in practice, so I listen. How much do I talk? How much do I not? One of my players said, Coach, there's sometimes you get really upset and you just go off for like 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I should probably not do that. I'll, I'll bring that down. Right, right. You know, so it's it's all of those things that I think combines um, – together but so we do too we have a we have a notebook of every single one of our players and we write down the conversations and their behaviors on that piece of paper so now we're able to attack it better um good and it's and it's and put one of that part part of that is that there's a connection piece with it because now when i'm able to bring something back from a conversation we've had before they take it in two ways i'm either they either will take it that i'm throwing it in their face or I'm listening. And they'll usually take that I'm listening, and that means they'll be more present and noticing things more and more. Then the other part what we do is that we you have to notice your teammates. Yeah. Like you've like it like if someone got new shoes, like, yo, I like your shoes. You know, you did so you got a new shirt. Yeah. Like you say that, and then what happens? You're in the moment. You're no longer thinking uh, ahead of time with that. And I'll give you one more thing. I apologize. The other no, part we do we do visualization. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that that we have found is that when you talk to players like, hey, did you you know, do you think about the game? Like, what would you think about like, well, you know, I thought about, you know, scoring 30 points and (laughs) making all my shots. Right. Here's the thing. Your mind does not know the difference between a reality or fantasy. So if I keep saying that I'm going to make every shot, your mind believes that you did. And then what happens? You play a game. You miss your first two shots. And now your mind is in the shitter. Yeah. And then you're you're gone. So we visualize miss makes, visualize being yelled at by the coaches, visualize turnovers, visualize all these things when you get subbed out. So now you are already mentally trained to take it. So you're no longer sitting on the bench like, can't believe coach took me out. Man, what's going on with this stuff? <laughs> you right? know, you expect it. Yeah, you, you expect it. And yeah. you've already visualized it and actually lived through it. So that now you're so much better prepared for it. And these are some of the things that we've had to work really hard on. And really, my son has been, and my son and my daughter have been my guinea pigs. Right, right, stuff. right. They, so it's it's worked for them for the most part. And it seems to be working with the team a little bit. No, so. that's good. And, well, it's, uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Ted and, and Meg. And I'm sure you heard the shows, but they had none but admiration and great things to say about what you're doing and how yeah. you're doing it. And you so, did say a short joke the last <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like that? I laughed at it. I was like, that was pretty good. That's a, yeah, that's why I should stop probably drinking on the show, I guess. But <laughs> I know, I know. I just thought, um, no, I mean, no, it's, it's really cool to hear your perspective because, the, again, the really cool part is with your background, especially when, like, because I do have a lot of parents, and especially YBA parents that listen to my show. Um, the things you're saying are a lot of reminiscent of the things me and him preach to a lot of our kids. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes the kids, they think it's such a, because we're in front of them and they know us and they love us and we're more we become more like family to them 
they still sometimes see us as like far removed from college mm-hmm. coaches or, you know, the, the coaches they see on TV, you know, the D1 coaches. Uh, they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. We're like, no, I'm telling you this is what a college <laughs> right. coach says. And they're like, nah, you don't know what you're talking right. about. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, so I just, I'm glad to hear because it ain't like I'm prompting you to say this shit. You're yeah. saying it yourself, and it's like, hopefully they're hearing this and listening to it. So that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing too, uh, real quickly, sorry. You know, one of the things is I think as coaches we have to update how we coach, right? Mm-hmm. So we coach and train the way we were coached and trained. Yes. Right. We lead lead the way we were led. Right. So it's so important for us to continue to kind of like expand how we do things and why we do things and what we do things right like it's so for example like even one of our like i i know when i when i was coaching younger they you know i tell people you gotta drive then you jump stop at the free throw line then you make it i'm like we're not jump stopping right you keep a dribble alive then you dribble around like steve Nash. like what do we do we're not we're not doing any of that stuff yeah but it's like it's how we like we update um you know our iphones we update we get new cars we get whatever we don't update the coaching yeah you know so how can we update it with everything else and the same thing with parenting right you know as as a parent you know we we parent the way we were parented Mm -hmm. but but what if that's not the best way right right. like i i I love thanksgiving i love to cook the turkey and my mom would just you know stuff a turkey with stuffing and put in the oven and everybody's like, oh, this is the best turkey ever. I'm like, no, it's not. It's dry. <laughs> right? It's dry. What are we, why are we saying this? You got to deep fry it. Yeah, we got to put more gravy, right? So as I got older, I deep fried it. And then and then I would also brine it as well, nice, too. Nice. So now, like, right. no, this is this is the best turkey ever. I like ever, that. Right? I like that. So it's those things that I think that we have to challenge ourselves. But it goes back to what we said earlier. Like, when you're comfortable, you become stagnant. You start look. You stop looking at new ways to to do it and then what i found is that people find new ways to coach or teach but they're kind of boring right like you, right. you, you like you, you can't be the smartest person in the room you got to be the somewhat you know somewhat smart but the most entertaining person right it's just like karaoke being half filipino love karaoke <laughs> i don't know if you love karaoke but it, it's not about and i know like my range right, right. my range is backstreet boys that's it <laughs> we're going backstreet boys i want it that way it's all we're doing but you go out there and you perform yeah. They don't Very care, like cool. you know, they don't care about how you sit. Right, but right, you go right. out there, you you throw Just the mic some in someone's. Right. Oh, they. I mean, it's it's the <laughs> same like thing with everything. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, shit, I want to keep going, but no, it's cute. we still got other stuff to talk about. But no, this is great. I, I'm really excited. No, I, well, no, we're gonna switch gears. Talk about the NBA. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We always got to talk oh, about man. the current events with this one. <laughs> um, first off. What what's your favorite NBA team? Do you have a favorite NBA team? You know, for years it was the, it was the Dallas Mavericks when Jason Kidd was there because nice. I had a, that was like appreciate my first it. Dallas Mavs. Hat. I'm from Oakland, so okay, I can so really appreciate yeah. that. I'm I'm an Oakland guy, <laughs> and I know some stories on Jason Kidd and his ex wife, but I'm not uh, sharing. <laughs> no one can share it. Um, but all good stuff though. But um, and then um, and then like the Clippers. I was a huge Clippers yeah, yeah, yeah. fan, and then now it's just more like players trying to right, see right, how, right. how they do things mm-hmm. and, and everything else. Okay, I can uh, dig it. Well, okay. the first gossip or piece of cosmo, well, I was just giving a quick update because I talked about it last episode, so I just want to talk about it now. So I guess there's more news for this Larsa Pippen situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've been <laughs> oh, hearing about it, but I'm talking about so yeah, that, too, that lady. Yeah, that's <laughs> just very interesting. But um, it's crazy, and it's funny. I met Scottie Pippen when I was because oh. I went to college in Chicago. Okay, okay, and uh. Uh, to pay for college, um, well, I mean, I was on a scholarship, but, you know, books, food, yeah, yeah. three meals a day ain't enough, right? And so um, I was a bartender, 
And uh, so I would, you know, go to school, practice, whatever. And then on the weekends, I'd be at the bar. Um, Scotty Pippen liked to go to the bar a lot. <laughs> and uh, at least the one I was. And he was definitely earned his reputation at no tip Pippen. Like, he does not. <laughs> he don't yeah. tip. He is cheap as hell. I was yeah. like, this motherfucker right here. Like, everybody, like, other bartenders would be like, we ain't, nah, you you get him. I ain't getting him. I ain't, yeah. he ain't tip. So, <laughs> no tip Pippen is for a real thing. So, there's a lot of weird shit going on with that family. But, no, nah, either, either way, with Larsa, the quick update is, so, remember I, I remember last episode I was talking about how LeBron James Jr. got brought up in this craziness yeah. somehow just because he liked one of her photos. Not not keeping in mind that him and Scottie Pippen Jr. are, like, great friends. They're, right. like, you know, hella close. So people were trying to – so uh, one of the media sites, BSO, uh, Black Sports Online, um, they ran with this crazy-ass article talking about how Larsa Pippen was, like, trying to hit on LeBron James Jr. <laughs> well, Larsa – Clap back, and she about to sue their ass. Yeah, and she should. And, and she should absolutely. Is, um, I, again, again, I'm not. I'm not even gonna get way into what she's. Doing. She's a grown yeah, ass she, woman. She could yeah, do what she yeah. want. But when you, she's I, done a few things. Yeah, but shame. You know, shame on the media, or or at least black sports. You know, online, who, whoever their publishers are, whatever. Shame on you guys for running with some type yeah. of dumbass story like this without any evidence, without any anything. You know, that's when you're really crossing the line. Of course, if you're in the social world, you're going to you, you got to take some hits. There's just yep. no doubt about yep. it. I mean, I see the shit they say about LeBron James on those comments all the time. I'm like, man, how does this man? I'm, But he takes it all in stride to me in yeah. the best way. And then, of course, you got like the KDs who they'll respond to your ass. They don't yeah. care. They're like, oh, yeah. oh, oh you, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, you think I'm a punk? Okay, right. well, like, hey, I think you a bitch too. Uh, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> this is how they – and again – I'm not mad at it, like, but when when you got media sites doing stuff like that, um, you know, shame on you guys, and and, and that's totally out of line. So clout, clout chasing, yeah, exactly. Just clout. just saw the story, saw the name, and basically made some bullshit. Like, y'all, y'all, that's when it's just too much for me. Can so. we just talk real quickly about Scottie Pippen in general, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 I there's a part of me that really feels for the guy. Yes, because like, let's, I mean, you know. Went to small school, got to the mm-hmm. Bulls, could yeah. never get over Jordan's shadow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, they do the Jordan uh, the Jordan documentary, which does not look good on him at all. He's <laughs> upset. Right. Then yeah. he's got his ex-wife, <sighs> like, doing, like, you know, yeah. and his other son's got to deal with it. Like, can you imagine? He's probably, like, sitting there like, Ken... You know, and then they were like, they made fun because he looked like California Raisin back in the day. They had those t-shirts. Like, I mean, like, can you just, like, can you yeah. feel for the dude? I'm like, man. At least, I, I, I put uh, it like this. At least he gets to cry in a bag of money. That's true. Yeah. That is so, so true. I said, he's crying in a bag of money while everybody else is yeah. <laughs> crying at Walmart. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, hey, man. I, You know, I, and you're right. Because I don't think a man deserves that. Man can no. only take so much. So, you Still know. Still top 50. Top yeah, 50 exactly. NBA. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh. Uh, uh, Scotty, bro, I know you'll probably never hear this, but if you do, man, hey, <laughs> hang in there, brother. We, 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 we feel for you. The um, next thing I wanted to talk about was the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, man. You knew that was. Lakers uh, in four. Oh, yeah. Lakers in four. Yeah, he's a Lakers, Lakers fan, if you couldn't in tell. Four. <laughs> Lakers in four. I, I'm definitely a Warriors fan. You know, yeah, that's my yeah, thing. Yeah. From, but no, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, Charles Barkley, I think, said it best. And I'm not big on quoting Charles because he's always hated <laughs> on my Warriors. But. Yeah. Um, he said this is going to be the best soap opera in the NBA. And uh, he ain't lying because no. it's damn sure got all the storylines you want. No, mm-hmm. you I, can't. I saw this uh, five-minute um, video this one YouTuber made, you know, just run across YouTube. You know, our phones know it's better than us. But um, we he uh, 
he he basically said, what if Kyrie planned this? Like he planned to act like this to make teams deter from recruiting him because he knew mm. James Harden. And again, I'm not saying the man ain't intelligent, but I'm like, interesting. That's I don't know. That seems like a stretch for me. Do you guys think it's possible Kyrie literally planned to act crazy like this to make teams not want to recruit him so James Harden can come? No, well, I mean, let's talk about Kyrie in general. Right. Ky- Kyrie is just a different dude. Yes, yeah. he is a different That's what dude. I'm saying. Yes, he is. He he gets in his own thoughts. Yes. He says like like there's one time he he wasn't going to talk to the media the the whole time. No, yeah, this yeah. is like who he who he is. Yeah, like he was like that at Duke. He right. was there. He played like eight games. <laughs> at Duke was the second pick of the NBA draft or whatever. <laughs> right, right. But like he he is just that type yes, of a yeah. guy. Like you you he's with the Celtics. He's in to me the best situation you possibly can be yeah. and he found a way to get out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. found a way to get out of it with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he's he's with KD, you know, and James James Harden. I mean, like I know everyone's going to talk about, like who's going to pass the ball, who's going to finish the game, who's going to sacrifice, who's going to be the you Third option, of course, yeah. yeah. None, none yeah. of them. Yeah, are exactly, guys. exactly. Yeah, but then you talk about the debut, uh, James Harden. Uh, what the, his double. record, triple double. Uh, uh, isn't he the only one, or no? The the biggest one of a NBA debut, or NBA new team debut, triple double, or something like that. Or maybe I'm saying the damn statistic wrong, but still, I mean, he had 32 something, and then. KD at 42. Yeah. I mean. But does the regular season even count? I, I yeah. Mean, yeah. That's why that was what I was going to They were just taking to. turns. All right, exactly. your turn, my turn. Paul exactly. oh, George is a great regular right. season yes. player. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's a regular season game? I'll put my money on yeah. him. Playoff? Yeah. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> I feel like the situation that when Kyrie gets back, because, you know, remember, D'Antoni is an assistant there. Yeah. And I feel the style of play of what they're going to try to create. Like I said, I believe not, I don't think nobody's going to sacrifice. I believe the way D'Antoni and Steve Nash, I mean, I could be wrong. It's just going to be running gun, all-star basketball. Those three are just <laughs> going to score. And I mean, that's what, from watching the game last night, I mean, it's only Orlando. Like I said, it was just a lot of, my turn, your turn, my turn, right. your turn. Yeah. And if yeah. Kyrie gets in that, Kyrie, if you're looking at it on paper, Kyrie is supposed to be the third option. You got two MVPs. Like you said, Kyrie different. You know what I'm saying? So you I don't, don't I don't that. think he's gonna be the Kevin Love, Chris Bosch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, he so, doesn't want that. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what may end up happening is that, you know, D'Antoni is controlling that because Nash mm-hmm. is first year NBA head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And you're it's all based on personalities. Like D'Antoni loves Harden. Harden yeah. loves D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. So who's going to get the ball in mm-hmm. game 80, mm-hmm. 80, 82 playoffs? It's going to be Harden. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Harden and Durant, <laughs> and Kyrie's going to be a spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's not my game. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's that's just going to be – it's yeah. going to be so interesting. I guess. Yeah. And then, um, well, there was two points to the – two people that spoke on it that I thought was – I just thought they were pretty cool perspective. So I'll tell this to you guys and get your thoughts on it. Uh, Chris Boussard said um, – he said, he said, I don't think – uh, the Nets are going to win the finals. He's like, I, you know, it's he doesn't even know if you, and he's one of the analysts I actually like to listen yeah. to and really respect. Um, he's like, you know, I don't know if they're going to make it to the finals. I don't know if they're going to win the finals. He's like, I don't have them be, beating the Lakers and LeBron. But he said, but you, he said a, a great quote, um, you know, uh, they have a, a fighter's chance, a sucker punch chance, yep. you know what I mean? Because they have just that much yeah. talent that they might just somehow pull mm-hmm. it off. Do you guys think that's possible? I, I don't see it personally, but, you know. I don't think so. I, yeah. I just, Kyrie Irving is not a guy, in my opinion, who 
brings up championships, mm-hmm. right? I think Harden can do it. I think the style of play hurt him a little bit in Houston in crunch time. I think Durant has the ability to do it as well, too, when he was with, with the Warriors. I just think Kyrie's just just different. I mean, the other part is this. is I think Kyrie was with the Nets last year, or this is his first year with the Nets? Yeah, his first year, it, yep. So, so you No, know, he was there last year. No, he was there last year. He was on and That's right. And he's always injured. Okay, he's always injured, yes. And the Nets played better when they when yeah. he was off the court. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was like that with the Celtics yeah. as well, too. Yeah. Just announcers won't. Won't yeah. say it as much because yeah, then he'll, yeah, yeah, he'll yeah, really yeah. and he's the president of the players union or whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, they I do have so. a fighter's chance. Yeah, but fight, I, right. What what about what about you? Bro? I, mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, of course, I'm a Lakers fan. But of course, at the end of the day, you know, what I'm saying there is there's definitely a possibility just because, like I said, there's just so much firepower. But I don't know, man. I to me, what I'm just looking at is like I don't understand why Kyrie is acting this way because, like I said, he's a Kobe guy. He's like that's supposed to be his mentor. You know what I'm saying? And, and to see some of the stuff that he's doing and, and the way he's acting right now, it's like, like that's not. I don't know. That's not. That's not what Kobe would do. You know, and, and that's somebody that I know that he really respected and the things that he's doing right now. Like, who knows what's going on right now in his life? You know, what I'm saying. I mean, we can't really True. judge. Yeah. Maybe he's really going through some crazy shit right now. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's just you know watching the videos. You know, of you know partying. You know, with his with his, at his sister's birthday, no mask, knowing that you know these are the things that you're supposed to do to help your team, but you're not doing that. I feel like I don't know. It's just it's not that's not winning basketball. I agree. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll, man see. we'll see. And then the only last point before we move on to the other stuff was um, uh, Stephen Jackson said something. Uh, and, and again, I don't think he was saying it like in a mean way uh, uh, in, in reference to James Harden, but it just was one of those interesting things that I brought up because uh, you know, just being real, you know, um, I'm a black man. I'm a black coach. You know, so I, I empathize with it. Like. But he said, you know, the way James Harden acted and uh, the the coach of the Rockets, I don't – why can't I think of his name right now? It's like now? Steven um, – Silas. Silas, right, yep. right? Yep. You know, yep. and, and, and he's, you know, he's first-year coach, a, you know, hard-working brother or whatever. And 20 years as an assistant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Steven Jackson just said, man, dude, like, you know how hard it is for us brothers to get in a position to coach in the NBA and – you you the way you did this guy was just like you know it was fucked up like he just basically you know how steven jackson is you know yeah. stacks is like keep it a 100 mm-hmm. the whole time he was like he said man that's fucked up he's like you got you got a brother who's trying to be in this position he's like okay true if you wanted out you didn't like it but you didn't have to do him like that because at the end of the day you, he, the the coaches get hurt a lot more in the nba than than uh the nba players do and you're a star in the league so he's like anything that you do is going to be a re- negative reflection on him mm-hmm. even though everyone knows he has nothing to do with it it's just mm-hmm. it's just how it works in the business right like you know when paul george and the, and the clippers and that blew up you know the first one to get the boot was doc rivers you know yeah. what i mean it's it's and and i just thought that i yeah, and not to say you know you guys agree or don't. Agree. I I just thought that was a pretty interesting point to bring up because I never thought about it honestly. I didn't think about how it is because it, there there isn't a lot of African American coaches, um, right. you know, in the NBA, and and for one to get this position and then be done, 
like that. You know what I mean? That's that's a pretty tough situation yeah. to put him in. Well, I, th- I mean, Stephen A. Smith should know too. I mean, the NBA, the coach in the NBA, like these dudes are challenging the coaches every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, hey, we're gonna play pick and we're gonna ice the pick and roll. Do you think we should really ice the pick and roll? Is what they'll say. I saw when I would go to the Celtics practices, mm-hmm. like you know, Garnett. Those guys would would test the assistant coaches wow. to see if they know exactly right. what what they're doing. Right. So it's all of the, like these these different respect factors mm-hmm. that that come with it. And I, I I don't know if if just people in general has the uh, the the know it don't know it all to be like, hey, I'm going to take care of this dude, or I'm going to take care. I I think they just like at the end of the day, it's like what what can I get, right? Uh, you know, with it. Um, and it's 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 tough. I mean, it's tough, and and Harden didn't want to be there. He made it yeah. known, yeah. and well, he made yeah. it very clear. I don't, I don't think it was. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, like you know, like I said, Silas twenty years as an, assist, as an assistant, and he's here finally. He got he gets his big break, but I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like with Harden, that has nothing. I don't think it's fair at the same time for Harden because he still has his. He's trying to get a ring, so yeah. I feel like it's not that. Oh, because at the same time, it's like what. Harden doesn't have to stay there just to make sure Coach Silas for the African American community. True. You know what I'm saying? Like he still has his own life of what he's trying to chase. So I mean, I, I don't know because I, I remember him saying that. I was watching yeah, that when yeah, he said that. Yeah. And I was because I I, I I like Stephen Jackson, but I remember when he said that. I was kind of thinking like, wait, but, but I mean, Harden still has his own agenda. Like, right, right. So what he's supposed to? All right, let me stay in at Houston so I can help Silas. You know, because he's been an assistant for 20 years. Let me stay here. Like, no, like. It seemed that Harden, to me, to be honest, I'm pretty sure he's been thinking about this since last year, trying to get yeah. out of there before they even said Silas was going to be the coach yeah. you know, as an African American coach. So, right, right, right. so I don't know. I thought it was it, it's not that it, it's not fair for 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 Harden to be. It's just the way Harden did stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think that's what mostly I, yeah. I would like to believe. I, I can't presume to know what this man's what anybody man's thinking, but I I, I would like to think that. That's what mainly he was just trying to reiterate is like yeah. you didn't have to go out like that. Like right, right, you, yeah, there's yeah. a certain way to request trades and things like that, and you probably know more than me because you, you've you've been and seen some of those atmospheres. But there's probably a way to go about it the right way. You know what I'm saying? And, and but either way, it seems like each party's moved on and they're trying to yep. make their make their way. So mm-hmm. you know, shout out to those organizations. Houston we'll low key is still solid. Yeah, though. they are. No, they are a solid team. Yeah. It's not like they're this this pushover now. Yeah. It's just yeah, they're you know. They they basically the uh they they've solidified the top guy uh in middle school. <laughs> Cause that's how that's how many damn first round picks they got. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's they're funny. scouting for the next top seventh grader. You guys <laughs> out there be ready, all right? So <laughs> I wanted to uh talk about uh YBA open back up. So hey. definitely uh very happy about that. Very happy about that. I wanna Make cheers for that one because <laughs> we open back up and um, and not only are we open back up, it seems like the state's opening back up. So, yep. you know, that's a good thing, at least in our county, right? Sacramento, everywhere else. Um, my eighth grade and my 16th played this weekend over in Rancho. Hey. And they both won, you know. So, uh, I, my my 16th guys are a really good team. If there was ever a, never a team I would suggest will come check out is my 16th yeah. elite guys there. They're they're pretty freaking good and and they play the right way. These guys have had the chance to kind of experience it and see mm-hmm. them and record them and stuff. And no, it's just it's it's been fun to know that we're opening back up. Also, courtside's opening up this week, so shout out to Elijah One and um, uh, they're doing the big MLK tournament. So, nice. but I think 
as talking to him, I think he's going to try to limit it to a certain amount of teams for COVID okay. and yeah. whatnot. So, and again, I know courtside was on the news, on the national news for being a COVID spreader and all that. That is so far from the truth. I'm just telling you guys that from experience. That is not how they get down out there. Mm -hmm. they, they have their protocols. They do the best they can, just like any other right. place that's open. I mean, if, 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 it, if the extreme is literally do nothing or a super spreader and there's no in between, that just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, so people, I, I encourage you to go check it out yourself. Keep your minds open. Like they're not, they're not out here just having kids and, and families just spread COVID all over the place. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, on the next thing, um, next thing I want to talk about is high school. So CIF, uh, had said, I, I talked to one of my, um, one of my buddies who works at the CIF, uh, that they're letting high school basketball happen in certain places. Really? I guess, yeah, wow. I guess the way it's going to work is I'm not sure if it's district or county, but they're saying you could play adjacent to your two counties or districts. I gotta, okay. I gotta make sure mm -hmm. I got the wording right. Cause county is way different than district. But like, for instance, my, my, my school, Whitney, we couldn't play Sheldon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's too far out of our uh, districts yeah. or County, but we can play like El Dorado Hills or Placer, or, you know what I mean? So at least that's something. And the season is a, probably going to be pretty short. I mean, I heard they're talking some, some of them are saying a 10 game season. Some are saying yeah. like yeah. 15 game season, you know, I, at least to me, I just, I hope it happens for the seniors, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, More yeah. than anybody, obviously June's like, sophomores juniors for sure freshmen you won't be as affected as much because we're at least anticipating two or three years from now we'll get this under control but um seniors keep keep your head up <laughs> i mean try to have hope yeah. i know it's tough um but at least hey if you get those 10 15 games at least it's something right because because you guys know like having a senior night having a high yeah. school senior night i mean that's it's that stuff you remember you know what i mean it's those those moments you remember so all i know is the guys I've been working with, if they have 10 to 15 games, we've been doing three to four days for a year. They going, I'm telling you now, they, they going to be breaking out. I hope we get the 10 to 15 games. My, my guys are and my girls are waiting. I really hope there is high school basketball. Yeah, me too. So going into respectfully disrespectful, Coach wanted to pick your brain about this because, again, I love having uh, other coaches' mentality, mentalities on this and uh, you being a college coach. Um, what is your overall opinion of AAU basketball and kind of the culture of, of AAU basketball? I mean, that's mainly what our show is geared towards. Yeah. So uh, I just kind of from your side of things, how do you see it? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's great. I think anytime you get a chance to play, mm -hmm. right, whether it's it's high school, AAU, outside, you're, you're just playing. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you, you learn. I mean, in our practices, we do our three or four – kind of drills just to get us going and then we we play yeah we we break it down of we course, we stop and everything else but i think you know i know they're always talking about like and i was au coach for years it's like oh au is this now they're playing and whatever habits they go to college is just is just habits they have and it's your job as a college coach to to get them going in another direction you know, so I never, ever like those conversations about like, oh, they're not prepared or AU is this or high school is this. And the same thing with AU in high school. Like, I, I just always believe like if a high school coach should go ahead and have a good relationship with AU to see where the, where their kids are playing. And AU should reach out to the high schools. Hey, what, what can we do instead of not having conversations? Right. 
Because when you don't have conversations, it's it's just like on your own team. Yeah. If you don't talk to your teammate and your teammate doesn't talk to you because of what whatever stuff is going on, then it just ruins it. Yeah. You know, so I I I, I think it's great. If you could play, you you got to play because that's the best way to learn. Period. Okay. Good. No, I, I'm glad you said that because no, I think that's why I've been able to have success is because I am that AAU coach that talks to varsity high school coaches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I talk to middle school coaches. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, like in your phone, you got a million coaching contacts mm -hmm. and people you know through basketball and things like that. I know all the local high school varsity coaches, and they know me, you know, and, and they've even told me, they're like, you know, Chris, you, you, you want a few coaches that, like, just, you know, come talk to me like this. And I'm like, I, uh, the coach at Vanden, um, sends me all a, a bunch of his vanding guys all the time and and I, I call him and say hey is there something you want me to work on with elijah you know is there something you want me to work on um with amari like mm -hmm. is there something you you know what i'm saying and i believe that that uh, that should be the relationship we have you know it's not i'm not here to s prove that i'm the better coach or that you know he should be here with me and not you high school to me school basketball is still very valid you know high school basketball to me teaches culture teaches responsibility time management you know um how to you know those 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 rivalry games you know what i mean those those are just atmospheres and things you can't simulate in aau so i definitely am one of the type of people that i I believe there's validity in both, but I do think both sides need to be able to work together because when I stepped into it, at least there did seem to be this big wall between the high school bar varsity mm -hmm. programs and the AAU programs. I don't know if you yeah. ever caught wind of that or saw it, but it, it used to bother me. You know what I mean? It still bothers me, but I tried to break those barriers, which I I've been lucky enough and successful to now the barriers I see is AAU programs with other AAU programs. Cause there's like, you know, 2 million of them right, every other right. weekend. So now you deal with a bunch of AAU coaches trying to be in a, a fight for all these different kids and families. And he's my kid. He's, and I'm not, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't get with that shit. I'm I just not me. You got any thoughts, Mark? Um, I mean, I mean, I, I guess you're, you're right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of the stuff that's going on, um, in AAU, you know what I'm saying? Is like what you said, as long as they're playing, mm -hmm. right? As long as they're playing, as long as they're hooping. To, to me, I'm always looking at it from a development side. You know what I'm saying? The best way to get better besides working on your game and, and everything like that is, is is playing. And I feel like the politics and the favoritism, that's that's in sports and in life. You will never, you know what I'm saying? It's always going to be like that. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the next thing I want to talk about was uh, there's in this kind of me and you probably see this more than than you coach but we we're talking about um what one thing i've been noticing just kind of recent and maybe it's just because of covid I, I don't know but there's a lot of trainers opening facilities right now <laughs> like it's just weird it's a sacramento <laughs> thing where a lot of basketball trainers are getting are getting facilities um i don't know if real estate's opening up because you know, COVID and people didn't make money. So they moved out these warehouses or got the hell out of, I know right. there's a mass exodus in California period. There's a lot of people moving out of California. Oh. And so trainers are getting these buildings. I don't know if they're getting government grants. I don't know. I'm just noticing more and more of, because I'm in that training basketball bubble culture, uh, very similar to Mark that I'm noticing it more and more. And, and I guess for me, I'm just 
my my words on it to you guys from you know on this show it's just uh be careful uh mm-hmm. it's um it's a lot more responsibility than you realize <laughs> and and oh, yeah. quite honestly with covid it's it's tough we you know our facility here is taking a hit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if you know my relationship with like Ken and YBA. So I'm co-director of YBA, but me and Ken are, are partners basically in this building. So if this building shut down, it really hurts me. Like it hurts him. You know right, what I mean? Right. But the difference is Ken's retired and gets a good pension from UPS. Cause he worked here for 30 years and stuff. Right. And you know, <laughs> so it's a little, it hits him a little <laughs> less than it does me. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know, my advice to you, you trainers and stuff out there be, it, it's, it's tough right now. So, you know, uh, be careful with it. Um, because <laughs> i i mean i never would have thought but you know like the department of justice came in here and shut us down like mm-hmm. two two dudes with badges came in and said you need to get everyone the fuck out of here you need to shut down mm. never thought that would be in that situation right. <laughs> so. right but so true i've seen a bunch of people like opening gyms and i just always say i just hope they're looking from like a real business perspective yeah like how do you get leads how do you go ahead and get people to keep yeah. coming through emails I mean, like how do you I mean, that's because it's again, it's like people want to train, but you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as an entrepreneur, you got to hustle and you got to have some mm-hmm. sort of way yeah. to to keep getting people people in or not. You start going in a survival way mm-hmm. instead of just thriving. And now you're just trying to ha- throw different deals at different people. And then and that's like, oh, when man. you become and that's when you do, you know, the shady things. And yeah. sometimes you get a bad reputation. I, th- I would like to think whether people love me or hate me the overall reputation is I'm pretty consistent. I'm not going to lie to you or sugarcoat shit and not as a coach or a person. So, you know, but again, I'm able to be in that position because so for me and Ken, the business model here, I mean, we, we've, we dealt with the rent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, once you deal with the rent, you can deal with everything else. Yep. Right. So we've dealt with that. YBA is handles the rent. You know what I mean? So then the training, the paying the coaches, the practice times, all the other intangibles, we could figure that out later, right? I, It's very hard to me, at least, um, when, when you're a trainer with a facility, if all you do, if your whole facility's functioning is chest training, that's to me where you run into difficulty, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, th- that's, again, because, you know, some people might say, oh, Chris just hating or something. No, I'm trying to give you some fucking advice. I'm just trying to tell you, just be careful. I'm not saying don't do it. Just you, you got to find a way to supplement your costs other than training kids and right. training athletes because you, you have to have something set that is going to generate the revenue, mm-hmm. right? That's why I think like Ryan at Touch Shooting, that's why his plan works because he's he yes he trains and he does his open runs and stuff but he started an AU program I understand why you started that touch shooting program because it supplements the cost of the building mm-hmm. you know what I mean because the reality is that it, it, this building's for everybody right mm-hmm. you know we we had our heart attack league earlier you know with the old guys coming <laughs> in and stuff like that you know we have uh, we have um. That's you know, true. kids practicing all the time, parents, you know, trainers, the trainers, you know, paying their fees to train. I mean, we figured out ways to keep this building because it's basically a public building. You know, our kids come in here all the time and all that stuff. It's to me, it's very hard as a trainer to just survive through training with your own facility. Right. Unless you're an NBA trainer. I mean, if you're like Rico Hines and some of those guys, well, oh, yeah. you're charging, you know, two thousand an hour. It must yep. you know, I'm not I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I I need like what Mark does to me is the smartest way to go. 
Get to a park. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get to a park. We live in California. We have great weather. One one thing that I'm gonna say is I'm I'm being patient, right? Because <laughs> of course that's something that you know down the line I yeah, want to do. But all I'm gonna say is for GGT, big things are coming. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. People that know, they know. That's all, right. all I'm gonna say. Good. And uh, last thing before we do our shout outs and stuff, um, I did because. Again, this is just current events and, and something that we definitely need to address and talk about. Um, the inauguration, you know, yeah. is this week and there's a lot of there's a lot of shit around this clearly. Um we had the events of Capitol Hill and how that went down obviously was not something we were I would have ever thought I would have seen in my lifetime, but yeah. you know, it happened and it seems we're trying to move forward. Sounds like we're trying to move forward, but you know, we we live in two different Americas. That's just the sad part about it. We live in two different Americas. You know, I, I definitely like to believe that California is a little ahead of the curve in terms of obviously our diversity and our acceptance. And but we still got pockets of shit out here mm -hmm. with you know what we're dealing with. Um, just curious of what you guys think of all of that. I mean, I don't. You know, protect your. My advice to everybody out there, anyone listening, tuning in. You know, protect yourself out there. Um, and I'm, obviously I'm talking to to my minority groups, um, you know, black, Asian, Indian, uh, uh, Mexican, like anybody, anything and everything in between. Just be careful, man. You know, you, you don't know sometimes what people are capable of. And that's what kind of these last four years have shown. You know what I mean? But again, like I said last episode, the great part of what it's shown is there's a lot less of them than there is the rest of us. It seems like there's a lot more people that are more for getting rid of all this hate and all this bullshit and moving forward and just loving. Like, of course we're going to have people we like and don't like, but it seems like people are tired of race being a reason why we dislike somebody. So, yeah. you know, just curious what you guys thought. Well, I mean, I, I've always just said, you know, it's trying to figure out how to, to communicate and, and respect. I mean, it's the same thing on, on my team. I've got, I've got players on one end and I got players on the other end and you know, I, what I've just found in general is that I may disagree with you, but I'm I'm going to hear what you have to say, and you have your own reasons, right? But then the other part I've always said is, like, what what can I control myself um, with it? I, I may not agree, and, I you know, living in Richmond, Virginia for a year, I lived a block away from a bunch of the protests, and my, and my son and I had protests. We, we, we marched up and down, and but we uh, a block up where where there were fires there were there was all oh. these different things you know going on but then you you really you really see how communication can really be a, a, a big thing and and how we can agree um, to to disagree um, we just have to kind kind of go in, in in that direction but it is I will tell you like when you're in pockets like in California. Um, maybe, you know, big cities in Dallas and then like you know, Dallas and Houston. And then you go to maybe Miami or New York and, and Portland, Oregon, like they're the most diverse places in the country. Yeah. Everywhere else isn't. Yes. You know, so, yeah, right. so we did a bunch of zoom calls, um, on, on race earlier this year. We had like over 200 coaches and each call and every coach is like, there's a lot of coaches like, where? Right, so how do I, how do I spark conversation in areas where there is no diversity? And I said, you know, th those are tough things, but those are real things too. Yes, they are. That that has to be addressed. That that you know, something that may be common sense for us may not be common sense 
for for people who, who grew up that way and so it's but you're right just got to be careful and just make sure you you just uh it's gonna be a yeah. interesting if, day if we maybe let's just make it through this week yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well you got thoughts mark no I'm, I'm i'm just ready for change we gonna we gonna see what biden and and, and them do <laughs> yeah that'll be good yeah and uh i i you know i like to i think i'm an optimist i think i'm an idealist overall you know mm-hmm. I, I have my my cynical nature and yeah, but i think like i i like to believe in people i think you know so i think the overall the i think the good will outweigh the bad. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal opinion. I wanted to do a quick shout out to my guy, Frank from um, team vision. Uh, he came to my practice today and, and we just had a good talk and you know, you know me when I have good basketball talk with coaches and everything else, I always want to get him a cool shout out. I just, uh, you know, uh, my boys should be going to, made hoops there's got this tournament uh, going on this made it's called made hoops i guess it's towards the end of the month but he, he came up because he wants some of my 16 boys to go mm-hmm. play with him in that tournament i'm i'm like you i just want my boys playing and yeah. then like i don't i don't own my kid like that's that's why i always i'm very loose with that term my boy when i mean my boys i mean like i coach them and stuff right, but right. i know some coaches really me like that's that's my player i'm like dude i don't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't i'm not on that shit um but no it's, it's, i think it'd be a great experience because i'm not going i'm not doing any travel anytime soon but they can go there you know probably play and uh with some college coaches streaming them and stuff right. and putting them in a good position so you know frank big shout out to you appreciate you uh putting my boys in that situation mark did you have uh anything that no no i'm, I'm good all right, well, I do appreciate you being here, Coach. Uh, thanks uh, for having me, man. No problem. Uh, thanks for taking your time. I know I know you got a busy schedule, and you say you got 5 a.m. practice, so yep. I, I know you got right to get a little bit of sleep. Uh, no, it's been a, it's been good. It's been a good way to uh, cap this month off with uh, uh, just, a, just up January. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, having, having Ted here, having Meg here, having you here has yeah. been really, really, really cool. Um, again, I want to reiterate – uh, we appreciate you, those who have been listening, those who've been been watching. Uh, it's been helping a lot. You know, it's just really encouraging to know that people care what the hell I have to say or Mark has to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, what I mean, like, I, if you asked me like, 20 years ago, I'd be in this position. Fuck no, but, <laughs> but here I am. So, no, and and again, man, thank you uh, for coming out here. You know, I just um, I love talking to other coaches. I love seeing that you know basketball is the common ground right you know yeah, what i mean it yeah. just it, it, and it's great to to have it as a medium so for you guys who are listening who are who are watching you know please keep staying in tune i'm gonna i'm gonna keep trying to have great guests here uh, uh my, my of course my social media mark social media is always out there we'll have links for you coach we're gonna have links for uh coach Hernando's social media um Check his stuff out. Read his book. Check out his podcast. His podcast is great. I've listened to yeah. it myself. That's why. That's why I said I could tell you're a high energy guy. Because <laughs> man, it, man. It, the, the like the way you speak to them is is really cool. So you know, check his stuff out. All the links will be in the description. Um, you got anything to add, Mark? No, thanks, Coach. It was great meeting you. Great right, meeting likewise, you. guys. Great likewise, meeting. appreciate it. Thanks for having us, and we are out. <laughs>